Welcome to Bold Thinking, entrepreneurial stories honestly told. In a world full of chaos, this is a podcast about the people making positive change in the world. Today, I'm joined by Andrew Tolley, owner of Sopa of Lincoln, a BMW mini retailer located in central England. Auto racing fans will recognize the name of Andrew's business because in 2014, he bought it from Steve Sopa, the English racing driver who made his name in the 80s and 90s. So welcome to Andrew. Thank you for joining us. It's great to have you today. Hi, thank you. Nice to see you, Julia. So tell us a little bit about your career and what you do, because, you know, we know about SOPA isn't your only business, is it? No, so um, a little bit about me. Um, I left school, went to college, left college, didn't quite know where I was going in life, what I wanted to do. Uh, My father was in the motor trade and advised me against it so I thought well I'll do that then and essentially I uh, at 19 20 years old began as a trainee in a in a Ford dealership in Bradford where I'm from and uh, gradually was given the opportunity to work my way through the department which was great and ended up being a sales manager then moved across into a BMW garage in Leeds at the time and after having a few years there, was off, afforded the opportunity to work at the manufacturer BMW Financial Services and BMW UK, uh, which was great. But I think for me, the burning desire was to be back uh, on the other side of the fence and um, began working for Soper of Lincoln, uh, a BMW dealer at the time owned by, as you said, Steve Soper. Uh, five, six years after that, I did a, an MBO and bought the business from Steve. Uh, who was a great business partner and a very good friend. I also have another organization um, called uh, Digital Vehicle Solutions, which is an IT company for the motor trade. And it's really aimed at customers who just want to pay as you go rather than have the full dealership experience. We've got a a smart and um, a renovation center, which we're doing with paintwork and vehicle detailing. And also, aside from BMW Mini, we've got a used car center over in Lincoln so the business is um, is evolving massively really um, and continues to to evolve wow. um, this year. That's fascinating you know in um, reading the other day in the paper there was 26,000 new businesses set up in 2020 so with all your experiences what skills do you need to be an entrepreneur I mean that's you know incredibly entrepreneurial journey you've had so far setting up multiple businesses. I think um I think for for me, Julia, it's um, you have to have that freedom of thought. You have to have some some ideas. You have to have the bravery. You have to have the courage of your conviction, and um, and almost be uh, prepared to have a go. It's, um, it's it's very easy, as I found uh, in previous roles, to be sort of just pigeonholed and go down this railway track of of doing a job, and it. You get there at eight o'clock and you go home at six o'clock and you you process and you do tasks and you do them well. Um, but when I when I sort of came to Sopra and managed to sort of flourish there, you always get the well. I personally found I got the confidence with some ideas to to uh, to get involved in other things and sometimes they fail and sometimes they work. And I think the secret for me was to really understand how this business worked. And a word I, I've used quite a lot, and I uh, admire people who are inquisitive, and that might be um, a technician, for example, a good technician of, of a vehicle, I think is an inquisitive one who really wants to understand that that next little bit. 
and doesn't say take yes or no for an answer. Just really wants to understand. So maybe inquisitive is, is, is a good word and prepared to fail, prepared to have a go. And I think that's what that's what um, that's probably what I've learned, really. Um, one area we're, we're morphing into, there's a couple of areas, is um, looking at doing a, a storage center. I think storage is a big business. You know, we need lots of space around us. But also, if we store vehicles, that might lead opportunities for the restoration center. So it's just an area we're exploring at the minute. And then also electrification over the next few years is how does that change the landscape of our dealership and the services we provide to to consumers that's a that's a big one at the moment so lots of things really bubbling yeah so a couple of things around that that's really fascinating is you know when you talk about fr- freedom of thought what do you mean by that is that time to think or you know how does what does freedom of thought mean I, th- I think for me, I mean, I, I'm either lucky or unlucky. I drive an hour to work every day. So that's either a blessing or, or, or a pitfall. And it does give me time to, to, um, to start to think about ideas, think of things. And then you meet people, you know people, and it just spurs creativity. Uh, and, and for me, I just bounce off people and grab ideas. And you think, you know, what could be done? Who do you know? And, I think that gives me the freedom of thought, really. I love that. So, and, and you know, one of the things, you know, interviewing and talking to a lot of entrepreneurs over in, in my lifetime and certainly doing these podcasts is this this perception, and I want to test if it's true or not true, that if you're an entrepreneur, you have to work 24-7 because that sometimes puts people off. The amount of energy and effort and thousands of steps and things you have to do, is that is that true, would you say? I think you have to work. I think you have to think twenty four seven. I think it, I find it very difficult not to be thinking. And what what I've learned in this um, in this lockdown period, uh, particularly latterly, is um, we've less to do in the dealership, although we're very busy. So you find yourself with downtime, and it's something that I've not really been used to. So that that's that's been an interesting an interesting challenge. But I think um, I think generally the people I sort of talk to work around and the entrepreneurs this world I think they're thinking all the time even when they're not thinking they're thinking and they grab a little idea or an initiative and see if you can run with it and there must be thousands of ones we've thought of and failed and thousands of little quick wins on the way BMW have been really supportive they 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 embrace um bold thinking in my opinion they've they've twice had uh, what they call the innovation the innovation fund where they supported motor trades in their network to come up with ideas that will change the platform change the game and we were lucky i was lucky twice to have achieved success in that um a few years ago once was to do with um a, a, an on a service product which was quick and simple but an opportunity for more revenue but more latterly um we've been given some funding to really digitize the after sales landscape which has never been done and we're quite close to the end of that and that will really change how how we operate and how we manage our service centers you know we see maybe 50 customers a day for servicing and warranty work on cars other dealers might see 100 a day but it's a very very old-fashioned processing process channel is that and we're trying to digitize that and speed it up and offer customer more more agility in the process 
So I'm really excited about that one. And we're working with a, a company in Leeds who've re really bought this on for us. So we're probably about four weeks away from that. But that's, uh, that's going to be a game changer for us, I firmly believe. That's fascinating. So, you know, obviously a lot of businesses, um, you know, struggled last year for various reasons and a lot were incredibly successful. You know, you had to close down your dealership over the last year. Tell us about what you did to help the business thrive during that period. Well, I remember the day very well. It was the 24th or 5th of March. And I never quite knew if the world was about to come crashing down on me or whether we were going to... Uh, to, to survive. So we shut the business and we, we tried to understand what the word furlough actually meant. And then we <laughs> furloughed everybody. So that word is just now in the Oxford Dictionary. So, um, and we went from 100 employees working or 105 employees working down to probably four, excluding myself. And uh, two of them were my accountants and the other two people was one heading up sales and one heading up after sales which was really about work from home and answer the phone and let's see where we go so we went into april and you know everything sort of climatized the government support gave us a comfort blanket and and other other, other financial aspects came into play where we were kind of uh, less edgy about um where it was all heading and um what i sort of found was that um the online car retail uh, experience was gathering momentum. Uh, and I sat there thinking, well, you know, I'm a franchise dealer representing a, two fabulous English and German brands. You know, where's this heading? There's the big multinationals that are now going to sell cars to customers online, deliver them from home, never have a relationship with them. Where do I fit in all of this? And, and I very quickly came up with a conclusion that I have to be almost all things to all people. I have to be able to cater for that market, but also cater for the market that still wants to walk through the doors post-COVID, still wants to be uh, spoken to by a person, still wants to experience product and brand. But what, what I did was I was fortunate enough to have a little bit of space. And uh, the, well, the brief was, how do I get the world's best photography studio for used cars so how do i present my vehicles in, in in the best way i can possibly present them and again through people i knew through bmw through connections you end up speaking to some very clever people who are in this um in this area and six months on we ended up with that and it was quite a heavy investment it was a bit unnerving in the current climate but i think single-handedly one of the best things we ever did last year and it's what it's actually done it's changed how we present product it's attracted different customers and more customers but it's also changed our processes in the dealership which i never really understood until afterwards so um so we've really sort of moved that on again so i'm absolutely delighted with that and that's a, that's a an area that we have not stopped using in in the six months we've been live eight hours a day that the, the studio is in use for for vehicles so um that that was uh, probably would never have happened without without the pandemic and, without the crisis and that's basically photographing secondhand cars and uh, you know encouraging people to buy them online yeah it, it, it's that but a bit more than that it meant we could present cars consistently uh, quickly um, in a uniform fashion and you kind of look at it and you think that's what people expect the, I believe customers now want to do all uh, all their research and groundwork online. 80% of people are doing a lot of research before they're even speaking to us. Quite often they know more about the products than sometimes some of my team do because they've got time to do that. 
and to be out there without the best imagery and the the best shot window in hindsight looks looks madness really so delighted with that investment very different difficult to get a measure of return and it's not really about a measure of return for me it's about if that's the business we're in and we've got to do the best we can then then it works it's it's not about measuring it and i'm absolutely delighted with it and um and the people who've come along with me with the project have really bought into it and that's that's sometimes a difficulty when you have innovation and ideas and and bold thinking it's who you bring with you on the journey and and how they and how they support it and how they believe in it i think i absolutely agree with you so you know when you look at it based on the last year is there any going back is there any sort of things that when we come out of the covid you know that the people start getting back to their lives you know as as it inexplicably changed forever you know is there any going back i'm not sure there's any going back julie what it, what it's what it's really reinforced to me is there there is a place not everything in the world is digital there there is a place for shops there is a place for stores there is a place for uh, product presentation that the people do like to deal with people they like to see faces behind the screen and um and I think I think it's sort of calibrating itself a little bit. I think there was a feeling that we're all going to go one way, then we're all going to go another way. But I think it's leveling out in the market. Um, and um, there's been some really good learnings from 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 this crisis. If we just get back on an even keel and have the confidence um, that, that that we can see where the business is going to be in six, nine, twelve, twenty-four months, uh, with reasonably good visibility of that, I, I think it's going to be okay. So just sort of like, you know, thinking about your customers, you know, you talk a lot about your customers and putting them at the heart, your business model, you know, what changes have you seen in customers over the past year? What, what I've gained from it or what we've gained from it is um, that people are buying different products. Uh, they've got the confidence to buy different products, um, certainly uh, buying less diesels and there's a confidence back in petrol engines and the hybrid thing is gathering momentum but massively supported by tax incentives but um it's surprising we're selling a lot more big engine cars than we ever used to do so i think that some people just enjoy that and they don't feel guilty about it maybe they're happy because they're not doing as many miles so they can justify it in their own world not not so sure um, I'd say online car shopping's moved into another gear, as we, we talked about, but um, but so has research. People have had more time to research, you know, servicing cars, product. Um, the challenge for us is we've got to be all things to all people. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I suppose that's the same for, for anybody, really. And whether you're digitally online, whether it's the, whether it's the, the, the uh, appeal of the brand when somebody drives past or walks through. Uh, you've just got to be all things to all people yeah. and, and and your team have as well. So, I mean, there's been a lot of talk, honestly, at the moment around uh, online and digital and all that sort of thing. But, you know, how do you see the dealership experience changing, you know, from now on? Is there a need for it? Is there a use for it? How does it work? Is it going to go away? Is it going to get better? Is it going to improve? You know, how do you see that changing? I, I, I think, I personally think there's definitely a need for it. We, we do rely on, uh, or I certainly rely on, um, the um, the input from the manufacturers. The manufacturers have the the wherewithal, the ability to develop the, the the best systems in the world. They have the the infrastructure. They have the resource to to develop. If there's 140 or 150 BMW or Mini sites just doing their own brand experience, it would be probably carnage. You know, and there wouldn't be the same brand. So, 
sometimes sometimes you find it difficult to, to manage but actually the the delivery of the brand and and, and what it looks like to, to the consumer it's important that we, we get that guidance from from the manufacturer partners uh, there is definitely a need for for the showrooms there is definitely a need for an experience um, there's definitely a need for product knowledge you know you can't do everything online and and, and I think um, I think it's just I just think 80% of people still want to come here. And we're finding that now. We, our showrooms are shut currently. Um, it's click and collect, and that doesn't offer a brilliant experience. But um, people aren't technically allowed in, in the showroom to browse for a car, but they can buy one online. So the happier to do that with a used vehicle, the less happy to do it with a brand new one, unless they've had the same car before is what we're finding. So if you're wanting a change, you really need the experience to come and look and feel and drive and be comfortable with with who you're transacting with and that's what we're finding but uh, the, certainly the phones have been constantly ringing and we're getting as many inquiries as we ever used to do but just having to handle them a little bit differently really mm. and do you feel like there's a real sort of like you know bmw mini community you know i remember talking to you last year and you know you're a real champion of you know getting people together and events and you know really entrepreneurial and how you you know you deal with your customers can you see that going back and and working again um yeah i think so i don't think that'll change julie you get you get you get massive fans of, of the product and the brand and they absolutely love it and and some brands are better at it better than it than others um but yeah no i, th I think that, that that'll go back you know we have we have some very loyal people who keep coming and enjoy coming to see us enjoy just coming in the doors and being, being part of it and then equally you have people that buy a car and will only ever buy it because it's a little bit cheaper than up the road but you don't really end up with that relationship it's um yeah, it's, it's very, very different sometimes. But but people are buying cars, and, and I think what I feel is that the people who purchase vehicles, it's still a big part of their world. It's almost, for a lot of people, they want to enjoy the whole, it's a big purchase, what can I spend my money on? Why would I buy that? And that whole journey of um, getting to that point when it has to be a, a, a this product or that product or the next product. I think people, I think a lot of people quite enjoy that because it's what generates nice pub talk when we can get back to the pub. It's like, I bought this product because look at it, this is what it does for me, and I'm really proud that I've bought it. And to get to that point, you've got to have done some homework and some research, and that's what I think we're finding. 90% of people have a car on a contract. They're still coming to an end. So someone needs to have that conversation with those people and explore the options that are available for them. And... Um, it keeps people in a cycle. You know, you were, I mean, obviously, Andrew, you work very closely and you've got great relationships with BMW and Mini. What, you know, what do you think, um, you know, dealers and uh, bands businesses need, you know, what do you need from those sort of brands today to help you with your business? Product, clearly. <laughs> Product and marketing. Um, we need they need to support their network and we need to support their brand is is really i feel how it has to work yeah they're no uh, a manufacturer is no good without a strong network but equally uh, a network is no not much use without a strong brand and um we're we're, we're blessed with i think one of the best brands out there and I, I would say that but i firmly do believe believe that but their their marketing needs to be strong needs to be bold their product offering needs to be 
needs to be strong and, and just we need to support that and we are very good at it they're very good at the national picture we need to be champions at our local marketing and our local influence and our community spirit we do very well out of we we, we got involved with uh, lincoln city football club fabulous really to be part of that and we have a great relationship with them and um and it's nice i mean i'm not from lincoln but it's nice to feel part of doing something in the town so um so yeah you know it's um it's an interesting part of it and I, I i love the idea as well that you know you you know you work really close with bnw actually they came to you and said you know what's your ideas and we find in businesses that you know sometimes we speak to big brands and big businesses and we'll say like what's your ideas what your challenges for next year and you know you know haven't really got enough whereas it feels to me that you know you've you know you're both giving each other ideas and 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 if a business has got lots of ideas and if they fail or they're successful what they are doing is testing and trialing and as we know people at amazon that are massively winning in the marketplace they're just doing hundreds and hundreds of those a year so you you're really giving each other ideas which i think is brilliant yeah that we have uh we if we're if we're if we're lucky, we, we form part of some forums. So I've been on uh, a franchise board with BMW, and I've been on a number of forums, which might be corporate sales, might be after sales, might be mini, and that's a real knowledge sharing um, um, for, forum to be part of. And they come up with what their ideas and thinking is. Some of it's from Germany, some of it's from the from within the the UK market, some of it's from the network. And when you get all these ideas in the room and you put some real world on it, what, you know, what truly happening out on in the marketplace, you come up with some great innovations. And, and I've got to say, they are very supportive. And, um, you know, I'm a testimony to that one. Yeah, oh, I love that. So how optimistic are you at the moment? You know, what's going to take you and, and drive into the, and help you to thrive in the future? I think that's a question that everybody's thinking at the moment of, you know, where do you think this is going to end and how are we going to move forward? Well, where do I think it's going to end? I think it's going to uh, be with us for possibly ever of, in some way, shape or form. I think this this third lockdown or second or third lockdown that we're in feels nothing like the first lockdown. And we haven't got the, the fear of the unknown and watch around the corner. I think what we can see is a corner and there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it keeps getting a little bit brighter. Um, but I think it's allowed us to really challenge what we do. Will there be um, motor traders in the future? 100% they will. Will there be big brands? Of course they will. Will the experience evolve? Yes. How? Not sure. But between a dealership, a retailer and a manufacturer partner with, with big strength, I, I think it'd be groundbreaking how it how it how it changes, but it still involves people, and they're the key ingredient in all of this. Everything we do involves people and good people, and you know I think I've got a hundred fa- fabulous people who work for us, and uh, they tend to come and evolve with us. There's the freedom to spread your wings and and have a go at something, and um, so I, I think the motor trade will be um, will evolve. I don't think it'll go away from customers wanting to visit, be on site, touch and feel the product. So I'm really optimistic about it. We have to look at new services. Electrification is a, a big thing. It's um, do you turn into a fuel station? 
do you charge people's cars up? What does that look like? We're in conversation with Western Power because we haven't got enough power to do what I think we might need to do in the future. So that becomes a big capital investment. And you've got to work out how does that, what do people really want? And I'm not sure they actually know yet. Um, so that's our next part of our journey. And do, do the, does that mean the services we offer people sort of evolves? Probably it does. Mm. Probably it does. Feels like it leaves a lot of room for entrepreneurial thinking and bold thinking in the future for sure, doesn't it? No, def- definitely. Uh, definitely. We've we've done lots of bits and pieces on the travels, uh, which I would say were quite bold. We've, we've done a lot around energy saving. So we've cut our energy by, this was an initiative by BMW where they wanted a, a retailer that had a current site to say, how could you really cut your energy? And with some investment and support from them, we got that down by 67%. And, and that was something that wasn't even on my radar. And we've done the same with water. We've done the same we've done it with energy. And then we moved on to um, paper. Motor Trade historically loves paper, loves documents. It loves audits. It loves signatures. It loves everything. So we've uh, we've we're, we're on the final journey of digitising nearly everything we do, which coincided with a bit of GDPR, if I'm honest. But actually, that's been a journey, and that changes your processes, and that changes your infrastructure, and changes all the dead time you have hunting around for bits and pieces. And that's been a, a two-year project, which we're nearly we're nearly through. And um, so I think there's there's ways to be efficient. There's there's ways to be um, creative. There's embracing what's out there that's that's available on the shelf from your your manufacturer partners and, and other partners we deal with as well. And what services can we really offer people who want to come to our facility and be part of our our family, if you like? Mm. I love it. I love your entrepreneurial thinking, Andrew, and it feels really bold and determined. And you know, despite everything we've been through, you know, clearly you're you've had your difficult times, but you're determined to thrive, and you've got a resilience, which I think is you know is a really is is a, is a good story for people to hear. Yeah, no, thank you. It's, um, I think you know, once uh, the glass has to be half full, doesn't it? Uh, full of opportunity, and um, if you have great people and great products and support in in your in your industry, you've every reason to be optimistic. Really, you know, the world will not stop; it will just change, and it is changing. It is changing around us, and I, I want to be part of uh, whatever the new bit looks like and how it evolves and. If there's any influencing on the way, then great, we'll, we'll do it. No, brilliant. Well, thank you for joining us, Andrew. It's really fascinating to hear your story. Um, thank you for listening to Bold Thinking, entrepreneurial stories honestly told. If this episode has got you thinking, share your comments on LinkedIn, Twitter or Instagram. Links are on our show notes. Or if you want to contact us at hello at thehonestbrand.com. Join me next time to hear from someone else who's making positive change in the world. Thanks, Andrew. That's really fascinating. Thank it's you. brilliant. Thank you.